Eco criticism, according to Cheryl Glodfelty, is the study of relationship between literature and the physical environment. Parallel to feminism, which studies language and literature in connection with gender, this interdisciplinary project analyzes how the environment is represented in literature and it examines how the human treats the non-human in technocracy and investigates possible solution for the current environmental crisis. There are several elements related to this deep ecology and the anthropocentrism then ego versus eco nature and culture etc while the american version is commonly called eco criticism in british school is known as green studies before examining the history and program of the movement we should focus on the reasons cultural rather than literary in nature that brought about eco-criticism. In 1962, when Rachel Carson's Silent Spring was published against the ill effects of agricultural and industrial toxic residue, it was a wake-up call for action against the existing but erratic patterns of development. In the 1970s, deep ecologists like the Norwegian Amneris and American Bill Deval dismissed the technological and managerial solutions as insufficient and incapable of alleviating the wounds imposed by deforestation, population increase and environmental pollution. Deep ecology is the foundational concept of environmentalism. It believes in the fundamental interconnectedness of all forms of life, living, non-living, human, non-human. It is like eco versus ego culture. It's an extreme form of ecological thinking in which humans are considered as only one species among many in the environment. Large numbers of humans are seen as harmful to the environment in which they live. The spiritualism part of deep ecology demands a widening of human forms to include others as well. Contrary to anthropocentric thinking, Deep ecology envisages emotional responses to nature rather than the rational approach of man-centered philosophy. Deep ecology follows that the value of non-human life is not dependent upon their usefulness to the humans. The key concepts of deep ecology may be summarized like this. The well-being and flourishing of human and non-human life on earth have value in themselves. These values are independent of the usefulness of the non-human world for human purposes. Richness and diversity of life forms contribute to the realization of these values and are also values in themselves. Human beings have no right to reduce the richness and diversity except to satisfy vital needs. The flourishing of human life and cultures is compatible with a substantial decrease of the human population. The flourishing of non-human life requires such a decrease. Present human indifference with the non-human world is excessive and the situation is rapidly worsening. Policies must therefore be changed. These policies affect basic economic, technological, ideological structures. The resulting state of affairs will be deeply different from the present. 
In America, the origin of deep ecology can be traced back to American transcendentalism. The movement took a profound interest in the nature-oriented life and theories of the scholars of 1840s like Ralph Emerson, Henry Thoreau and Margaret Fuller. Emerson was articulating the effects of the natural world upon him and nature. Thoreau was proposing an alternative way of life to the scientific modernity in Thoreau's Walden. And the early feminist Fuller was describing the never-ending pleasure of the grandeur and the infinite in summer on the lakes. The term eco-criticism had been first used by the critic William Rukert in 1978. Eco-criticism in the modern sense was founded by Cheryl Claude Felty with the publication of the Eco-Criticism Reader in 1992. In fact, Association for the Study of Literature and Environment, Astley, founded in 1992 along with the Journal of Astley, Interdisciplinary Studies in Literature and Environment, established in 1993, became a global platform to discuss the environmental matters in literature and contemporary culture. The word nature is the most problematic term to be defined and analyzed in ecocriticism with its binary opposite culture. In theory, the natural is always questioned because the Marxist critics find it untenable to validate anything by the term as it involves a legitimization. To ecocritics, nature cannot be reduced to the concept emerging in the structural or post-structural theories. Green studies, whose roots can be located back to Wordsworth and company, was more of a new left program in England, the country and the city in 1973 by Raymond Williams was an ecocritical text before the term was invented, problematizing the straightforward explanation of the city as the other of the simple, natural, unadulterated country. The context of the emergence of environmentalism is the growing doubt in anthropocentrism which places humanity as the center of everything. In Genesis 1.26, God gives man who has created in God's own image dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air, over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Lynn White Jr. traces Christianity as the most anthropocentric religion in history on account of this command and the tradition of regarding earth as the fallen world. Ecocentrism, which emerged as the counterpoint to the human-centeredness of industrial capitalism and other Western paradigms, on the contrary, places the ecosystem, including the non-human, at the center. An ecosystem is purely a eccentric project with no hierarchical divisions like the center and the margin, the top and the bottom, and the foreground and the background. In literary discourses, it demands landscape should not function as the background or setting, but as an integral part of the narrative.